0: They uh-huh.
1: Good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. It is myself, John Anderson, in the hot seat tonight. Joining me for the moment, we have none other than Johnny McIntyre. Johnny, congratulations on being time. I'm kind of saying that to myself as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, squeaky bum time for a minute there, I think, for everybody, but we're here.
1: We're here. We're here on time, as you've said previously. The best best ability is availability. So we are here. We are on time, and we are ready uh, to delve into what has been another fascinating week in the world of rugby. And um, we're going to bring you some news whenever we look at the those URC games. So oh, yes, we are. Um, and then let's, we'll have. Let's a,
2: do that before he gets here.
1: Yeah. Well, we're we're under time pressure, so we'll quickly batter through the news, and then we can we can do that. But first, welcome, anybody that's joining us for the first time. If you like what you hear, you might need help, but um, other than that, you can also come and pay for this, believe it or not. Come and join us uh, on patreon.com slash blog uh, where you can pay £3 a month and get yourself exclusive content, including our wonderful Hands of the Ruck section, which we do every week behind the paywall, uh, where me, Johnny, jo- uh, yeah, me, Johnny, Craig, and others will get a little bit lazy and put the world to rights. So it's worth worth the, the poundage alone um, to come and subscribe to that. But if you, if you head over there, I'll pop the wee banner up. Oh, pressed the wrong button there. Uh, where is it? It's that one. We'll pop the wee banner up there and anybody watching this live can come and see that. If you're listening on audio, that makes no sense to you at all. Head over to scot- patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast and see what you, see what you find. Anyway, that was quick. We whistle through that. We're under time pressure here because we need to get onto the URC. First of all, news: uh, as if by magic, given the performance at the weekend, we've had one out, one in uh, in prop life, at Edinburgh Rugby. Um, the probably one of the worst kept secrets in Scottish rugby, Murray McCallum, was only at Edinburgh temporarily uh, and is off to Newcastle Falcons. To, uh, to yeah to, to join um the growing Scottish contingent down there and ex Warriors um at at uh, at Newcastle because Kieran McDonald's off there as well.
2: Yeah yeah and um, I think Murray deserves it. He was he was obviously on with us so, a couple of months back and it is great value, really really good player, fantastic prospect, plays both sides, um an asset to any club I would I would say. Um, I would agree, agree with that. And, and Fair Play Falcons is, uh, is a club that's I want to say it seems like it's a club that's going places but every couple of years Newcastle seems like a club that's going places and, then it, <laughs> and they just never seem to actually quite get there so maybe the well, addition of, of Murray and, and Big K will help them.
0: With that.
1: <coughs> well they're going to have one of the biggest second row partnerships in the history of the world now in Kieran McDonald and Greg Peterson. I, saw, I was looking at one of the Newcastle um, forums And Peterson was described as a bit of a unit. And it's like, well, that that is as as understated as you could possibly get. He is massive. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see them linking up again down at Newcastle. I think you're absolutely right. Newcastle always look like a team who are going places. It's just sometimes that place seems to be the championship. So uh, hopefully that won't be the case. Uh, And I'm sure Murray will do really, really well down there. Um, so, his able-bodied replacement coming north for the second time, although you may not have spotted him first time, um, none other than Javin Sebastian. Uh, there's been rumours from uh, you all well about him coming uh, north. Edinburgh seems like a sensible place for him, especially given that if he had signed for Glasgow, I think I would have just quit the podcast. <laughs> it's, I, can't, I can't handle it. Um, it's, it's interesting to me that...
2: Uh, he obviously is a Scarlets player at the moment, so he, mu- he must have watched Edinburgh Scarlets <laughs> <this weekend. laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, that will
1: do. That's the for me. <laughs> that, that is the level I want to be playing at. Oh dear me! Uh, no, I mean obviously he's coming off to you know he's under the SRU management. He's a Scots, uh, Scots qualified. Joking aside, it's a tight head prop who's actually Scottish, Scots qualified, playing in Scotland. It's a, it's a rarity over at Edinburgh.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit rich for us, I think, who complain about our tight head stocks all the time, to be finally getting a Scottish tight head play for a Scottish team. And me and you sitting sit here going, ha, 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 ha.
0: "Yeah, like, yeah, it's
2: it's exactly what we need. It's what we've been it's what we've been asking for for ages." Um, he will be. I mean, WPL's not not going to be around forever, theoretically. Theoretically, um, I'm pretty bashing-
1: Oh, I was gonna going say I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that's how private medical insurance works. Like they're basically <laughs> turning WP into a cyborg, isn't that how that's it works?
2: That's what they're spending all their research money on. Yeah. Yeah. J- Javin Sebastian will be coming in expecting to be a fixture of the Edinburgh team and Scotland squad. So that's what he's that's what he's he's coming here for. So fingers crossed it pans out that way for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we we wish Javin all the best coming north. Um just for certain weeks of the year. We'll not wish him that well. Um, and hopefully he gets a wee bit more game time than last time he was here because whilst he was a Glasgow warrior, believe it or not, people, he was actually on partnership with Ear and didn't play very much. Um, and he wasn't injured. So... You know, take what you will from that. But anyway, he's obviously made a good career for himself and is now escaping the bin fire that is Welsh rugby. Oh, yes, we will come back to that in due course, people. Uh, Looking forward to a wee discussion on that. Right, URC, let's start with Edinburgh. (laughs) Oh, my
2: days. (laughs) (laughs) It feels mean to start with him before he gets here.
1: But at the same time... (laughs) i'm getting told to turn my (laughs) mic down two seconds (laughs) oh i see i thought i had to say sorry there you go is that better guys just i I thought i had i had it set from last time i always want you to turn your mic down so yeah i know is that actually you (laughs) You, you're just (laughs) just
2: shady on the side
1: if the facebook user in question (laughs) could turn it down turn it down yeah further down you
2: want it further down No, I don't really
0: want
1: to. Thank you. Excellent. Yes, I had it set from last time, but um, yes, obviously the the platform we use is occasionally a bit quirky, and I often have to like default back because it loves my loves my webcam. It loves going to my webcam, and it wants to use that as the the thing. But anyway, mics are sorted. This this was all Alan's plan to cut into Edinburgh slagging time.
2: Smart Alan, yeah, he, I like he it. He just wants you to be quieter when you're talking about Edinburgh. Yeah, it was
1: so, such glee in my voice. Anyway, that was a very disappointing result at the weekend for Edinburgh down at the Scarlets.
2: It really, really was. Um, considering, like you said earlier, everything that's going on in Welsh Rugby at the moment, uh, considering what happened to two of their other regions, uh, the absolute wallopins that they took, and yeah. um, Edinburgh took, and I think I said this uh, in our group chat at the time, Edinburgh have got too many players who are too good to be turning in performances like that. Like, that that Edinburgh team, you know, it's a Six Nations break week and all of that. That Edinburgh team was better than that by quite a long way. Can we say how sorry we are to Chris, regular listener, friend of the pod, Chris Veal, by the way, who uh, travelled to Hlenesley (laughs) for that game. (laughs)
1: <laughs> with his family.
2: What a shame.
1: Yeah, I, I was dishing out abuse when they were two, 202 miles away from Lynne Ethley. Uh, dishing out abuse that it was going to be a pumping. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be so bad as that, so I haven't apologised to him, but
2: sorry, dude. I uh, I was on uh, RAP, the Welsh Regional Rugby Podcast last week, and they asked me to do a uh, I was stepping in for Carwin, and they asked me to do Carwin's predictions. And like purely to wind up Craig, when it came to that game, I said Scarlet's by twenty five was a bit of a joke. And then by <laughs> by the end of Saturday, I was like, "Oh man, if they could keep, if they could keep it to twenty five, that would be really good." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you you say say about the team that they put out, and well, there isn't there isn't any nice way to put this, right? I've got a team in front of me here. Right, you've got Wes, Wes Goosen, Damien Hoyland International, Mark Bennett International, James Lang International, Jack Blaine, young up-and-coming, Charlie Sevilla has been probably Edinburgh's best 10 this season, Charlie Shield, who didn't have his best game, Juan yeah. Venter, McBurney, Murray McCallum, Glenn Young, Jamie Hodgson, Nick Haney, Hamish Watson, Phil Mata. That's an international team, for the yeah. most part. To go down to the Scarlets and take the the... Shellacking, they took given as you rightly say, everything that's going on in Wales at the moment. I don't want to be that guy and start going, questions need to be asked, but yeah, (laughs) like, what, what do you do
2: with that? It's and the thing is, like, where do you start? Yeah, yeah, like, it's not been a and I don't mean that in like a I don't I don't mean that in a horrible way because I know that all of the Edinburgh fans are gonna be like, well, you, it's you two Glasgow fans and you're Glasgow bias and you just wanna be mean yeah. to us. And I and I really genuinely don't. I genuinely mean that's a really good team with, yeah, with great players, with international players in it. So so what happened that went that badly wrong? Yeah.
1: I mean, fair play to the Scarlets, right? So given everything that's going on, it would have been very easy for them to just kind of capitulate, just, you know, go go on strike prior to going on strike, but not going on strike, as we'll come to. Like the Ospreys did. Like the Ospreys did, yeah. Ospreys, 50-odd points. Yeah, that was an absolute pasting. It was brutal. Um It would have been easy for the Scarlets to do that, but fair play to them. They actually turned up. They, they did turn up, and some of their bigger names stood up, um, you know, again, guys. Steph Evans, who was the next big thing until the next big Welsh wing turned up, he had a great game. He he looked very, very good, and they just they, they just dominated Edinburgh from this very start. Like, I I put it on in my laptop because my wee one was watching the television, and I was like, well, I'm not going to put you off the big television for Edinburgh. It's not worth that. And okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> 15 minutes in, you're like, you know what? It actually is. <laughs> I know. Well, I went, Oh, I, I came over, and I was like, oh, it's no, no, cool. And I was like, right, so the kitchen is literally, the fridge is there. I could finish a sentence by the time I get to the fridge and back, and I come back, and they were seven down. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, all right, it's fine. No, nah, they're fine. They're, they're playing okay. Then they were 14 down. And I was like, oh, right. And at that point, I asked my child to get a fatale. <laughs> I was like, there we go! <laughs> Something great's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Something magnificent." No, we obviously joke about this, but so probably the, the thing I probably want to talk about about the game, like, let's there's no there's no analysis of the game that you can actually do. It was it was a pasting, right? A few very few players come out with that with any credit, and probably with this the way the tra- trajectory of the season's going for Edinburgh now. I was only half joking about questions being asked. Mike Blair is under pressure. There's no doubt about it. And it's. I talked about it on the the Ulster podcast I was on about the trajectory of coaches and how quickly things could change. Mike Blair was the messiah three months ago. Do you remember it
2: was between him and... Dan McFarlane for who was going to take over. Like I, we were, we were getting rid of Gregor Townsend. And we were having either Mike Blair or Dan McFarlane. And I now, do remember this. I don't think anyone would have either of them.
1: Yeah, that—that's what I was saying on Monday night. That actually, Dan McFarlane. we were laughed at for suggesting him because it's like oh, there's no way you could get him. Like yeah. he's he he's 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 an up and like he's racing with these these old stuff team. And now we were touch touching with a barge pole. Crazy like,
2: Mike, Mike Blair has been really open and honest and and got a lot of plaudits for that around yeah. the eighteen seventy two cup when he said, You know, I don't know what to do here. Um I I don't know why the players aren't responding. I, I can't work out what the problem is, which was great, but that was in December. And yeah it's not fixed yet. Like, if if you're a coach with international aspirations where you're only getting players for six weeks at a time, you've had your team now for two months since you said, I don't know what's going wrong and I need to work it out so we can fix it, and don't seem to have fixed any of it. Like, that's an
1: issue. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've got... You do have that situation where, like, I think there was a lot of... Exp- so, it's back to maybe the expectations that I've kind of talked about quite a few times in this podcast about people... So, Edinburgh were better last year. They were much better than Glasgow. Glasgow were honking, right? And yet Edinburgh finished a position ahead of Glasgow and only finished ahead of them because they smashed us at that game that Cammy tried to fight a mascot. Like, you're not... (laughs) You're talking about an improvement, but you're not talking about a stellar season, let's be honest, right? And the way it was just the way certain fans put it forward was like, Yes, we're playing amazing rugby, and we're a really good team, and we've got one we've got an amazing pack, and we've got this brilliant backline led by Blair Kinghorn, and it just doesn't seem realistic. And I think we're having, and I said it in the summer that we could find ourselves in second season syndrome here. You know, the difficult second album. Because a lot of what Edinburgh did get well last year was unknowns. It was teams weren't expecting it. And now everybody's analysed it. They all know what they're doing. So it's now up to them to evolve. And they're struggling with that. And you're absolutely right. You've got a novice coach who is being very transparent about his, his shortcomings. Um, and that is refreshing, but it's also how you get yourself the sack. So, because ultimately we're in a performance business and we'll probably talk in due course about, uh, some of us have listened to the, the Aaron Walsh uh, interview that's been doing the rounds on YouTube and stuff. And uh, Aaron Walsh is the, the, the mental skills coach that's consulting with Scotland at the moment. And uh, some of the stuff he says is its very interesting to hear it in the context of seeing professional coaches in action. And Mike Boyer is in a position where he's not creating a winning culture, unfortunately. And they may find that uh, becomes a problem quite quickly. Um, what do Edinburgh take away from that, Johnny? Other than... Well, I don't know. What do they take away from that?
2: I honestly don't know. To be like... To be brutally honest they are they're a real kind of fork in the road now because you're right they had that great season people have kind of caught on to them it's now not going right they've obviously i mean mike mike blair as good as came out and said they know it's not going right but what they need to do now is they need to work out how to fix it. Identifying it as one thing, the next step is they have to fix it. And and honestly, from having watched that game on Saturday, I'm I'm being I'm being genuine and, and like genuine I'm being genuine and not trying to like take a dig at But When I say this, I don't know where I would start to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I think that, pretty- that team that they put out on Saturday is much better than that.
1: Much much better than that. And so this is an interesting one. I'm going to bring this comment up. So this I was actually just about to come on to this point, Hamish. Uh Hamish Allen uh has said, but the qualified for the last 16 of the Champions Cup, though. Good. And,
2: do I get to talk about how much I hate this Champions Cup format? Because yeah. everyone qualified for the last 16 of the Champions Yeah,
1: Cup. <laughs> you do, you do, you do. But right, so my point was going to be that. I wouldn't be comfortable. So, from an Edinburgh fan perspective, and we had this last couple of seasons at Glasgow, where people were saying, oh, we got this good result, we got this good result. And I do remember enjoying those results, very much enjoying them, but very, being very clear, look, the bread and butter is your league. We have to be winning consistently in the league. We have to be performing better. And you've got this situation now where Edinburgh are getting these big results, but it's kinda almost papering over the cracks of a season that is disintegrating very quickly in terms of the league. And the other argument that you will hear from from fans, and again we've done this, so we're experts in this, we know where you're at, guys. Don't worry. If you want, want the number of a therapist, I'll give you one. Danny Wilson. Um it's that expectation that when the internationals come back, it'll be okay. Because obviously they've got internationals away. They have got very good players away. But as you rightly say, Johnny, that team, that team had lots of internationalists in it. That team was by far and away better than the Scarlets, like on paper. Should have been should have been putting them away, even away from home. And to take the type of, take the performance in isolation, take the type of result that is it's happened a few times this year. So I don't think qualified for the last 16 really cuts it. And this is now your opportunity, Johnny, just to have a little rant about Champions Cup. I, like...
2: I don't know. Um, because the way that, the way that they organise the fixtures in this group stage, I'm one of the few people who actually quite likes it. I like the way that they keep the domestic leagues away from each other. Yeah. I like... It's, it's a bit weird that everyone plays slightly different teams but it's good because you get to see teams you don't normally see yeah. you get your home and aways and stuff that that bit i really really like but there's what 20 teams in the champions cup and then 16 go to the last 16 two go to the challenge cup and two are out of it completely so like you're talking about 85 ish percent of the teams who go into the champions cup carrying on into some form of knockout rugby like it's good for Edinburgh. It's gonna be a, a great weekend for everyone that's going down to Leicester. Leicester are no great shakes at the moment either. They might I mean Edinburgh might find it's themselves closer. tumbling down the URC and in the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. Like that's not out with the bounds of possibility. But the way things are going at the moment, I don't think that the the Champions Cup last sixteen is the the banner game that it used to be. Because let's, like, let's be perfectly honest. Ed, Edinburgh were a good team last year. They were one of the last or the bottom URC qualifiers into the Champions Cup.
1: Yeah.
2: They didn't. They they had that great performance against Saracens, but they didn't look convincing in the group stages. They won what, two or did they win, did they win three? Did they beat the French team both
1: times? I think they might have beat the French team both times. I can't. I can't remember.
2: There, are, there are teams in the, those Champions Cup last sixteen who won one game. Like yeah. it's, it's, it is now not a huge thing. It'll be great. It's really good for them. They have put in some really good performances, but it's, it's not what it used to be to be in the knockouts of the Champions Cup. I will think. It, I will find it quite weird because, because I don't, I don't think it's impossible for them to be in the quarterfinals. No, the draw that they've got.
1: No, well, I think... But I think they could there's... also...
2: They could be in the quarterfinals and be well out of the Champions Cup places for next year at the same time, in basically the same weekend.
1: Yeah. Well, they're 11th in the league just now, so a bit, bit of work to do. Um, will we... Well, we stick on URC, RC, um, so Craig can arrive in time and come in. just his... as we're
2: talking about Glasgow. Can, yeah. I, can I talk about the one thing that really, 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 really oh, annoyed please. me on Saturday night?
1: Please, let's um, do it. Was, which, it. was it our group was going to be,
2: It was going to be my hands in the ruck, and I talked about it on Twitter, um, but I feel like it's the sort of thing that really we need to be addressing as much as we can, which is Sam Lousy, I think it was Sam Lousy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that he had disallowed, could not have done anything more right. So he stands at the edge of the ruck and he watches Shield looking about with the ball and he turns around to the referee and says, that's out sir, is that out? And Andrea Piardi goes "Eh, yeah, that's out. So Lousy goes and picks it up and scores and then it goes to the TMO and Piardi realises that actually it never was out and and he pings Lousy for offside. Now, by the letter of the law, if the ball wasn't out and Lousy goes and grabs it, then yes, he's offside right? But if you turn around to the referee and say, sir, is that out? And he looks at the ball and he looks at you and says, yes, and then you go and pick it up. I don't think it's very fair for him to then yeah. ping you for offside when he realises he got it wrong. Now, I don't know what the solution is, but to me that seemed really, really unfair. I was like, if I was Sam Lousy, I'd be absolutely fuming. I was quite fuming just watching it.
1: So so the solution is actually really simple. Uh And here we go, I'm going to put the world of rugby, I'm going to sort, sort, a massive (laughs) bugbear, solve it, here we go guys, strap yourselves in, this is, this is uh, lecture time, right? The simple solution is, referees are not coaches, and should not be coaching, so, asking referee questions like, is that out sir? The referee should not be giving an answer on that, it is up to the interpretation of the players, to go, oh that looks out, bang, Runs scores scores a try. Referee doesn't call it. Fine. TMO. Do you know what it wasn't out? Ah, oh, hard shakes. Good effort. Referees coach far too much. And it really bugs me because <clears throat> I know it's prop right. This is probably just my big Scottish bias coming through here, right? But it does feel like we get overcoached when like certain opposition we play against get overcoached against us. And we'll maybe come on to some of the some of the refereeing decisions uh, in the Glasgow game, but there is like, there is an element of referees are there to ping what's wrong. They're not there to tell you what is right or tell you when you're about to do something wrong. It's not a preventative solution. It's uh you know they're there to enforce laws. They're not there to go. Ah, oh, you're staying quite close to that one. And they're surfed. Yeah, back that up. Back that up. Oh, everyone on side. Oh, get behind. I, and I know it's trying to improve the spectacle, but I think it it's counter to that. It actually harms the game at times because you've got people just being like people don't have to think. They just get. You know, back rows stand on the edge of the ruck and get coached through it by the referee. You do that in minis. You don't do that at professional level. Like, it's, doesn't make sense to me. But I would, I would just scrap that. I would say, referees, you're not allowed to coach them. Don't, don't ask the referees questions on those things. You ask it after the play. But yeah, that won my ticket.
2: Anyway, that that really annoyed
1: me. It's quite annoying, yeah. Uh, there you go. I've sold it for you. So good. Uh, World Rugby, if you know. just set, send me the um, the consultancy fee for that um, and we'll get that sorted. Shall we move across the... Um, we'll go this way. I don't know, like, what directions is that working? Because, like, my camera's flipped and I'm like yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll come across to Glasgow, shall we? <laughs> um, Glasgow played Ulster for the first time at Scottsdale since 2019 um any defenders of the urc um pro 16 pro 14 rainbow cup um shenanigans i
2: think there was there were um some fairly serious outside factors to that to be fair
1: yeah yeah okay i will allow that there was there was there was one or two things also happening but uh, I love that Craig's just arrived just in I time know. for do you, he,
2: do you think he sat there and listened to the-
1: <laughs> he did He did. Ab- and he's absolutely fuming. You can see it in his hoover-selling eyes. So- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dracula. Evening. How are you? Good evening, Mr Mansell.
2: We're good. We just finished talking about Edinburgh. Thank God. <laughs>
1: uh, we, we, we thought you might not have too much to
3: add to it other than... So
0: we'll we'll let you off the
3: hook. Yeah, I um, Yeah, I've not got very much to say about Edinburgh at the moment. Uh, Yeah, how's the television? Sorry, how's the television? Is it okay? Uh, I need need, a new one. (laughs) 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 I I said
1: television, I didn't say head coach. Sorry, oh, my apologies. Yeah, okay. Uh, So funny. Anyway. Anyway, we're talking about Glasgow, Craig. Um, So, yeah, so first time since 2019. um, Definitely a game for the purists, uh, it's safe to say. Um, Terrible, terrible conditions in Glasgow. There's a shock. Uh, And neither team really fancying... I don't know if they didn't fancy playing rugby or they just... The conditions made it so, but it was a fairly, fairly awful game. Ulster were by far away the better team in the first half, Johnny. And in seasons gone by, that's a, a so the way I would describe it. Seasons gone by, that's a game Glasgow lose very comfortably.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's that's been a, one of the big things that Franco's brought in to Glasgow this year is. A mindset shift to keep them in games, because you're right. If if that had been even a year ago, Glasgow lose that game. Glasgow were in a game like that with Ulster, albeit much more high scoring, in Ulster last season, and and conspired to lose it. Yeah. And this year, that is the main difference: is that we we are not we Glasgow are winning games that last season they would have lost from that sort of position.
1: It's a good good correction of the bias there Johnny I like that. That was very <laughs> very professional of you. Craig have you had an opportunity to peruse the game at the weekend?
3: Yeah, yeah, I watched the game actually. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: No. What, was your, what was your takeaways?
3: I think uh, for for me I think it's really really nice to see Glasgow seeming to play like a team again. Um, instead of looking to others to 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 make a miracle score. Um, I think uh, from what um, we can see with Franco has really brought the team together, and they seem to be enjoying playing together. Whether it's whether it's the um, the, the non Scotland players or the Scotland players involved, um, I love their upspeed. Um, I love the the the, the, the ambition. Um, And, but also, you know, I'm going to get a dig in here, but you are dealing with an Ulster that aren't firing on all cylinders. So, you know, but, I can't really level that at Glasgow because Glasgow are performing, if you look at the last eight games they've won, you know. So you can't really throw mud at them. You can't really do very much as an Edinburgh supporter, um, <laughs> apart, from, apart from apart from be a little bit admiring of how they're doing. Um, so uh, it, it was a good game. This is how it goes sometimes, buddy. We were there the last, <laughs> last couple of years. Yeah, this sounds this like last is. season, but opposite. Well, the, thing, the thing is, I wasn't as harsh on the on the, on the, on, the, on, the group, on the group chat on the group chat that we have. I wasn't as harsh as Mister Anderson. And <laughs> Mr. Ginty, I've got to say, in fact, I was. If any, if any of our listeners were watching Twitter as well, I wasn't as harsh as Cami was the other day. Cami well. absolutely <laughs> brought the violence, didn't yeah, he? I, 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 he was me thinking it was Johnny that was posting. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know, some of the things <laughs> that I get accused of. <laughs> wow, <Well, laughs> I like to think that I'm harsh but fair. Personally, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, I, I was. I just kind of went that. Uh, these are my friends. where are my enemies? Oh my God. <laughs>
1: So, Craig, I'll stick with you for a second. Speaking of non-Scotland players, Ali Price came off the bench in the second half and, for me, probably changed the game. Um, looked very assured, kicked kicked a lot of ball, kicked a lot of ball. Um, mm. But a much, much improved performance from Ali Price. No chance we'll see him this weekend, do we?
0: Yeah.
3: It depends on what Tooney's wanting to do. Um, if the la- the first the first two games, I, honestly, from what from what I can see, Townsend has has put the teams together for the first two games and just gone. You know what? sod that I'm happy with our defence. Let's give them the ball. Let's let them play with the ball a little bit, and then let's attack when we can attack. And and I don't think Ali Ali Price over the time if you, uh, over his time of playing. As he went through the lions, um, going through lions, etc., he has almost had the the sharpness knocked off him, and he'll go to a box kick quicker than he will a, a dart down the inside. So he's whether it's him, um, he's he's become more rugby intelligent, and he's made this decision right. I must go. I must box kick here, or you know, that's what he's doing. What Saturday showed was. At, at um at Scottsdale showed that he's still not lost any of his class um I just don't I, so so to answer your question John I th- I think he will stick with Ben White and George Horn. but on the other side of the things if he did bring Ali Price in you know that he's looking to attack in the first half and then bring Ali Price on to kind of steady the ship uh, you know do a Greg Laidlaw-ish style um, of, of, of finishing off you know. I
1: think it was interesting because I think the conditions in particular really played into that. Like You're absolutely right, the development of Ali Price, he has become more of a game manager uh, in that sense, less, less of the dynamic sniper that George Horn definitely brings. And I think Glasgow do benefit from having that speed at, at nine. And actually, you know, Horn, Horn is definitely number one at Glasgow. There's suggestions even Dobby's maybe number two at Glasgow. You know, Price is, is really struggling for game time. Um, The the, the conditions themselves were, were really, really, really difficult. But game management, let's speak about the other side for a second, Johnny. Because we had the situation, and I believe as of today... Perhaps he may find himself Scots qualified. Um, John Cooney came off the bench for, for Ulster, the world renowned game manager, John Cooney. Um, what was your take on it? And you've heard me speak about this. Where do you place him in the Scotland picking order, Johnny? Right. We've just spoken about Ali Price.
2: Ali Price is 18 months out of being a test lying. Yes, lying. Correct. And can't get on the bench for Scotland. Yeah. So in what world does it make sense for either party to bring John Currie into the Scotland squad? He's 32 years old. Like this isn't this isn't Ben Healy. And I know like people sort of equate the two of them. No, no way. Ben Healy Ben no. Healy's twenty-two three. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. And and is played in a position where if we're all being honest, and I said this to you guys a couple of weeks ago, if we if we set aside the Edinburgh side, the Glasgow side, the, like, stir in the pot about BK15 or whatever you want to do, if we're being perfectly honest, we've got two test-quality fly halves. We've got Finn Russell, we've got Adam Hastings. And Ross Thompson and Blair Kinghorn are suitable-ish replacements, but you wouldn't want them to be the test- fly half the year you're on. So you bring over a 23-year-old like Ben Healy who's shown some really interesting stuff at Munster, who's probably got 10 or 15 years of international rugby in him. That makes all the sense in the world. John Cooney, a full decade older than him, in a position where we've got a test lion who can't get on the bench, never mind starting, is madness. Like, I've got a theory about it. Because I, my theory is oh, that the only, the only people who keep persisting with this as like a credible news story are are people pushing the narrative of Scotland going around stealing other people's players. And so they've, they've picked the fact that John Cooney's become eligible, eligible for Scotland to go, oh, and now Scotland are going after John Cooney and they're going to have John Cooney in their team. We're not. Scotland have got no interest in John Cooney. John Cooney would be absolutely mental to come and try and get a game for Scotland. Because I'm I'm not as harsh as you. I wouldn't put him at eighth. But I certainly wouldn't put him in a matchday squad. Yeah. He'd If he was very lucky,
1: he'd be fifth. Very John, lucky. Going lu- very lucky for fifth. Craig, you would take Cooney at Edinburgh though, right?
3: Um, after the weekend's performance, probably, um, <laughs> I think uh, you know, I, Charlie Shields just just unlucky. He's he's not had the game time that he needs uh, to develop, and, and he and he and he showed himself as as just uh, don't know about as rusty or just he just looked like he needed more game time. He he, he you know, so I think Velicott is right on the edge of knocking on the door of Scotland. Um, you know, if, if Ben White didn't come along, you probably would have seen Vellicott coming in and getting a, getting a cap at least. So, uh, really, I don't... Cooney would be great to come into Edinburgh as our... You know, you've got velcott starting Cooney on the bench or the other way around um, and and develop more of Charlie Shield. But um, I, he's not going to... He's not gonna come over here and and lose the opportunity to play for Ireland um you know at last gasp just to come over and play second fiddle to Ben Velicott at Edinburgh, you know. Um so you know yeah I'd take him but I think he's a big chunk of money for, for that we could be spending on someone else. So let's but we'll just
1: we'll finish up on on, on this part. I just want to talk very briefly. You mentioned Charlie Shield there, Craig. Um yeah, I I agree with you. I think he's a guy who, he's a guy who's not not had the game time that he could have, should have, would have had, um, for quite a few years now. Yeah, and we still talk about him as possibly still in the kind of the George Horn, um, almost Benjamin Button style approach we have to our scrum halves, where just because he looks young, I mean, Charlie, Charlie was twenty five, right? Yeah. You need to be playing regular rugby at 25. You need to be playing first team rugby at 25. He came onto the scene. He's got a massive amount of potential. So it's interesting here. And you just described that scenario there where you've got Velcott and Cooney and still developing Charlie Hill at
3: 25. John, John. I, I totally understand what you're saying. What I'm trying to do is, is give the guy a bit of a break. No, I know. Because, uh, because, uh, no, no, uh, because, to be you brutally honest, you had a shocker. You had, had a shocker. And, and had a shocker. As far, you know, I would have preferred to have seen Purgos on the part of him.
0: And, and you We're not on
3: Patreon yet, Craig. Easy up. You know, you know my feelings on, on, on Henry. On you Henry. out but, the
2: um, language to yourself. Yeah, well, hey, ever, wash your ever, mouth out.
3: Well, ever, ever since Henry stared me out at uh, 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 the the game. Because um, this is going to help, Craig. Yeah, this is going to help. <laughs> no, no I, I think... I, I know I, what you mean, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm being flippant here and I, and I do apologise. What I'm trying <laughs> to say is that I still look upon Charlie Sheila as someone who's developing. Um, I think you, you are at this point now though, where I think Edinburgh have done the, have done what we need them to do, and that is bring on a, a, a possible international level 10. Um, I think nine is now where we are because Velicott, I think it's very, very good. Um, I'm looking for, you know, I, I like Velikov as a team player, as an Edinburgh player. He plays well to Edinburgh game plan. What we need is somebody who is a steady hand. And that's where Pergos has come in. Um, but I don't see Pergos extending his contract. If he does, it'll only be for another year. Um, I, I, you know, so so what do we do? Do we do we say, right, we're, we're put cashing all our chips in on Charlie show? Um, or has he shown... Um, on Sunday night, that you know, that the team have moved on and he hasn't. Um, so it's 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 a difficult one because I want to give the guy a break. I, I think he's been a good, he's been great uh, for Edinburgh at times. Um, but I just, I just, you know, um, I think if, if we're going to do anything, I think we get him out and play, let him play some, uh, some super six and 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 get him playing regularly. You know, he
1: needs to play rugby. That's the thing. He needs yeah, to play rugby right. at age twenty five. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And yeah, without you know bandying about the point, he did have a shocker. Like, you need you need your you need your players that are like particularly in these windows where we we say, yeah, you know we say that. There's no, there's no clash with the international fixtures, but there always is when you're centrally contracted. Yeah. So yeah. you are going to need these players to step up. And, I, and for me, I don't think Shield is of the quality that Edinburgh needs. If I'm being brutal, um, I don't think he's of up to the standard Edinburgh need. Through, I don't think his development's been well handled. But ultimately, I don't think he is as good as Edinburgh need. And I think that if he was to be let go, that wouldn't be a massive surprise to me. Um, I, think, I think I wouldn't Colts enjoy that, know. but of course I wouldn't enjoy that. But you know, no. I think that's the reality.
3: You know, also though have to be a little bit. Um, uh, what I would say is, I think um, I think his forwards hung him out to dry on the weekend. Oh
1: yes, they did. Um, yes.
3: And and you know, there was times he was at the back of the rock, ready to go with either a box kick or whatever. And he still asked You could hear him on the mic, the ref mic, asking for players to come in, and they're still standing around looking at him. And I think, I think. know uh, personally um you know i think we talked about it in the in the chat it was edinburgh i'm sorry to go back to edinburgh because obviously you, you guys you guys have talked about edinburgh probably but um they they looked like they were going back to the old days of um of of you know uh driving their car from one side of murrayfield to the other you know because they just didn't seem to have any oomph about them and i was i was quite as we talked about, it, I was quite shocked about it because I thought we were going to at least give Scarlets a game. Whether we come back with a loss or a win, I thought we were going to give them a game, and we just didn't. You know? Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. That team should, have, uh, that team should have given them a game. And
1: yeah. me and Johnny, none of us were quite as brutal as that. So you have added wonderfully <laughs> to the Edinburgh story, Craig. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the other thing
2: to say, though, to be fair to to both Charlie Sheel and George Horn is something, something that we're kind of slowly coming around to, I think, is that there is a serious conversation to be had about the age profile of athletes now. Yeah. The way the way that conditioning is going, the way that medical care is going and things like that, 25, 26 for an international, for an elite level athlete is not the yeah. age that it used to be. I mean, Ireland have got sexting at like 340 still playing. <laughs> Ian Healy... Cian Healy's still playing in the front row in his late mid-late 30s WP Nell. And it's not just rugby. You look at other sports, you've got Tom Brady in, in the NFL, 42, LeBron James is 37. They're still at the very top of their game. Andy Murray's getting on. He's still top of his game, same with Rafael Nadal. I think that that the age profile of, of top-level athletes is not the same as it used to be. So where, where before we would have said 25, 26, you have been playing professionally for eight years, you should now be at the very peak of your career, thinking about it becoming a downslide quite soon. Actually, it's not like that anymore. They the two of them could quite easily play close to another decade at the top level.
3: Can I? Can I, I think can it's, I just, it's I unfair
2: just, to say we can we shouldn't still be bringing them on at 26 because we might
3: have to. No, can I, just, can I just be one? Uh, I, I do want to one make one point and and be fair to Charlie Shield. Um, You know. The lad is there every game, every game day. He's working hard. He's just not getting the game time. And as far as I'm concerned, if you look at George Horn, he's he's what George Horn was two years ago. Yeah. And and I think I think just you know how we're talking about developing and this and the other. Yes, and maybe not trying to develop him, but I tell you what, he needs to get game time. And uh, and I think uh, I think just as we talked about John, just as, as we said earlier, um, you know, even if he goes to a super six side. Uh, if he's not playing that week or whatever, get him out and get him game time because he will then come on stronger, faster, and and and
1: you know. yeah, really. What you want is you want Charlie Shale, when He's putting on an Edinburgh shirt to have the best opportunity to showcase what he has, which is Absolutely. a substantial amount of talent. We no one's debating that. I think Charlie is a wonderful player. I, I, I personally just think his development has been mismanaged. And you guys were saying exactly this. You're absolutely right with that comparison, Craig. You guys were seeing the same last year and the year before with George Horn. Yeah. So we're in this position again. I think the kicker here, and I'm not going to use kicker. kicker kicker's an interesting term because it can mean lots of things in rugby. But the <laughs> kicker here is that Glasgow have got a British and Irish line that can't get a game. They've got Jamie Dobby, who needs to be running, running a show quite soon because he is, like, you know, SRU are clearly backing him as being next in line. You've got Ben White tearing it up in the Premiership. You've got George Horn who's number one at Glasgow now. Those numbers don't necessarily add up to someone not going over to Edinburgh hmm. from from a Glasgow perspective. And we might find ourselves in that situation again. We just don't have a Henry Purgos to send to you this time, Craig.
3: Yeah, thanks. We'll have Ali Price Whoopie. <laughs> oh, oh! I'm sorry. Do you not have enough lions? Would you no, like no, as well? No. Yeah, just typical. It's always a we. Oh, honestly, you. I have honestly, to with, I have to deal with your cast I tell you. we've, we've got to deal with your test lion cast. Yeah, I oh, no, yeah. Honestly, How do you want Alan Dell as well? Be. Would you like Dell back? Well, of course. I mean, he would look lovelier in Edinburgh. So. Oh, of course. <laughs> not, yeah, Alan Dell looks lovely in anything. BC,
1: yes, <laughs> this is true, right? Executive decision: We are going to save the Welsh bin fire for Patreon. Yes, you <laughs> lovely Patreon, you are going to enjoy that. Anyway, uh, we will cover the whole of the Welsh bin fire, but Wales is uh,
3: Welsh rugby is on fire. And there's a there's a, a tier two team um, qualify for uh, Patreon. Uh, yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're not twelfth in the world yet, Craig. That's this weekend. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's very unfair of us because we have lovely Welsh listeners who have obviously gloated marvellously over the years and because uh, there's no end of uh, discomfort. So um, we will, of course, be civil to them. But let's talk Six Nations. Um, let, let's not talk about South Africa, Johnny. We don't need to talk about South Africa. We're not We're going to cover the Glasgow game for South Africa. In my head, it's not even happening. It's fine. It'll be okay. Um, Six Nations, France this weekend. We don't know the teams yet because it's a Sunday fixture. Really quite upsets me. Um, but what are we expecting to see? Same again? I, yeah, I think
2: I think as, as near as damn it, we probably do know the Scotland team because I don't see any reason to make any changes. I don't see why you would make any changes. Other than obviously... Get rid of Xander. He's the penalty magnet. Get WP now back in.
1: Scoot. <laughs> yeah, please, Leave the please, team as it is. <laughs> yeah. Please find your emergency texts. It's here, here, and here. Uh, <laughs> Craig, some people over your side of the woods. Um, I'm saying your side of the woods. Obviously, you're not in Edinburgh, but you're an Edinburgh fan. Uh, the chant was Watson will be, will be in the the squad. Now, based on the showing at the weekend, that surprises me.
3: Yes, um, but on the other side of things, do uh, first things first. I don't think he will be. I think if he is going to be anywhere, he'll be on the bench. I don't see him. Um, I don't see him replacing Crosby. I think the Crosby, Fagerson, um, uh, uh Jamie Ritchie, back three is is a winning one. It's working very, very well. Um and uh especially considering a lot of people um said, Luke Crosby, come on, get a grip. Um, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm pleased he's 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 proving a few people wrong. But as far as I'm concerned uh no matter what, I love Hamish and Hamish has done a huge amount um, for the Scotland jersey, for the Edinburgh jersey. Um I just don't think he's really just right there yet. But you never know. It's toony. Um, You never know what might happen.
1: This is very true. Now, we do know a few things, uh, because, Johnny, you'll have seen the picture of the Glasgow Warriors heading off to South Africa. Uh, so we know there's a few players have been released. So chances of them getting back from South Africa in the event of uh, an injury, very, very very slight. Um, Simon Bergen's away. Mm-hmm. Scott He's Curry. in South Africa. Scott Cummings is in South Africa. Sam Johnson obviously expected. He's in he's in South Africa. Um the Bergen one is the one that the Bergen one's the one that flo mixes me, right? Because ultimately Simon Bergen is at the moment third choice. Now I can only imagine Javin must have been tearing it up in training and ripping up trees and blah blah blah. But Let's be honest. Bergen's been third choice. He he was he was the bench for England. It just seems a massive risk that like players go down injured all the time. And the international game is the is the priority here. And actually this is a rescheduled game that we almost played with the kitman playing at fullback. Like, you know, we were we, it was pretty dire straits at one point. So I don't understand why we're not just letting this one go. Oh, Johnny's electricity just went out.
2: <laughs> no, I think that was uh, that was my wife turning down the wrong light.
1: It's <laughs> <He's laughs> turning you off, Johnny. She's just like, nope, none of that <laughs> nonsense now. Um, so we know a few players are away. Uh, Craig, France, the wounded beast after the greatest Six Nations game of all time, trademark, according to some fans from Ireland. Um what what are you expecting to see? It's, it's got to be same same again, hasn't it? It's got to be much a muchness.
3: Um, it really does. Um, I think uh, I think if we go with the same team, I think if we go with the same work, um, I, I think we'll I think we'll do very very well. I don't know if anyone listened to the Finn Russell on the BBC podcast, but. Um, He sounds incredibly in in control, incredibly ready for the game. Um, and it's it, dear I see it, gives me a little bit of excitement. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think Harwas is playing, I think he's starting because, um, because uh, what's his name, the other, Antonio's uh, Antonio's been banned. So Jamie Ritchie will get a get a chance to wind his ticket and see if he gets another punch (laughs) in the face um so we'll we'll wait and see i i think we're i think we're due a full-on win um and i'm uh, i'm excited about it as in a full a full um star francais um and but i would like to see us win win that way rather than maybe have a uh have uh france having a brain fart if you know what i mean yeah um uh, so it'd be interesting to see but yeah I think, I think i think the team's confident and i think if we go in with confidence and and, and france are now starting to wonder are they confident um and you know uh, dare i say they're the underdogs at this one
1: right final question on this johnny this is one for your specialist subject here scotland run out onto the pitch Who is wearing the 15 jersey for Scotland?
2: Stuart Hogg. I I can see the arguments for for Kinghorn. He was great when he came on. He was really, really, really good in that Wales game. Has been any time he's come on at fullback recently for Scotland. Hoggy was quiet the first little while, got injured. I can see why people are saying that. But at the end of the day, Stuart Hogg's about to hit 100 caps for Scotland. He's already a record try scorer We know exactly what he can do. He's a, he's a talismanic player for Scotland. Yeah. And I've said this over and over and over again, Blair Kinghorn on the, on the bench is a weapon that a lot of countries don't have. And... And I know people want to see him start and, and every player wants to be starting, obviously. I don't think anybody goes, oh yeah, I, I want to be a really great bench option. But Blair Kinghorn is is a bench option that most countries haven't got. And the, like he could be a game changer off the bench in three or four positions. And it, that's a strength that that we really need to utilize as much as we possibly can.
1: I think that's that's fair for me. I, I I I agree, Johnny. I don't think there's necessarily like a massive argument there. I think I I think Bird Kinghorn was exceptional, um, exceptional last week, week before last. Sorry, uh, and I think he has looked great coming off that bench. And I think that's where we, we have said he does. You know that twenty two shot is his. It's you know it's a, it's a great shot and it works really well assuming that everything goes to plan and Finn Russell can continue but then that's always going to be the case because anybody you bring on at 22 that Finn Russell is coming off the park again is going to be a problem it's going to it's going to hurt scotland nobody nobody doesn't matter if you're a specialist fly half or you know have, have doesn't matter if you're Dan Carter I mean Finn Russell is better than you just enjoy it um <laughs> That's so, a
2: brave statement to make.
1: well yeah I mean maybe peak Dan Carter maybe maybe not but um yeah Dan Carter at Rassing, uh Finn showed them up big time uh anywho we I was quite, very Canadian. Anywho, um <laughs> right. We, we, don't know where that came from. Um we will finish up with the free content for tonight. We will be back obviously next week to discuss what will be um another Scotland um Six Nations game. We will see how it goes. I'm not making any predictions. Uh, the, the podcasters will get the benefit of my accumulators at the weekend, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, which is always good fun. I was I was gutted. Gutted in Wales. That was close. But anyway. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll have a wee chat about um, the most ridiculous rescheduled fixture in URC history. Um, and we'll have a wee look at the, the Six Nations and see where we're at. For now, it is goodbye from me, goodbye from Johnny, and goodbye from Craig.
3: Bye